0: You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And our second reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 35 to 43. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front, rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. The word of the Lord.
1: We are almost exactly a month out from Easter. And so since Easter, we've been talking about one of the great sort of so what questions of Easter. What's the implication? What difference does it make in the lives, particularly of those who've had an encounter with the risen Jesus? And so what we've seen is that from the very beginning, to have an encounter with the risen Christ is To be an Easter people, to be a people on a mission from God, to quote the Blues Brothers. And so that mission is to be a healthy missional people. And so healthy means pursuing Christ, missional means pursuing Christ's priorities in the world. And so the uh, Evangelical Covenant Church, the denomination, has identified ten markers of healthy missional churches. And so, uh, number one is the centrality of scripture in the life of the congregation. Number two is a life-transforming walk with Jesus. And number three is intentional evangelism. And so the first two, I think most people would sort of sit there and nod their heads and go, yeah, of course, that sounds good. You get to number three, intentional evangelism. evangelism. That's where people start going, yee, yee, yee. Because you think of going door to door or riding a bicycle around and trying to force people to have conversations with you. And, and so what I want to do is just demystify and de this entire concept and show how it is actually eminently doable by people like you and like me. And that when we do it right, it's, it's not something that we dread, but it's actually something life-giving because it leads us into deeper and deeper relationships with the people who we know and love who are already in our lives. And so when we do it well, we do mission like Jesus. And, and we started with the story of Jesus encountering the woman at the well in Samaria. And we saw how Jesus does mission as he reaches people where they are. And he does it to restore them to right relationships. And when Jesus reaches someone and he restores them, then the mission of God is reproduced. More and more disciples are made, and that person is released to use their God-given gifts for God-directed purposes. And so this strategy, when we're talking about, okay, how is this doable, it can seem difficult to remember, but no worries. There is a helpful acronym that we are going through. BLESS, B-L-E-S-S. And so last week we saw that you begin with prayer. When you're doing mission like Jesus, you begin with prayer. Praying, how can we be a blessing to the people that we encounter in our lives each and every day? And we see what happens. And so that was one of my challenges last week to the congregation. Start your day with that prayer. Say, God, how can I be a blessing today? And I don't know if anyone here did that. I I did it a few days this week and some surprising things happened. I won't go into uh, to detail, but yeah, some weird stuff happened on the days that I prayed that prayer. And so mission, like Jesus, begins with prayer, but then it continues with listening with care. So that's the L. We listen with care. We begin with prayer, and then we listen with care. And so the second passage um, that Tiffany read is a story of what listening looked like in the life of Jesus. And actually, up to Easter, we did a... a ...a series on Luke, and so we studied it not that long ago. So Jesus, at this point in Luke, he's on the way to Jerusalem for Passover. So he's, he's on the way to what is going to be the last week of his life. And Jericho is this major city, the last major stop... Uh, ...before you turn west and begin this 15-mile, 3,400-foot climb to Jerusalem... And because it's such a major town it's the last major town before you head up the road we can imagine that there would have just been throngs of pilgrims walking with Jesus on this road on the way to passover. And Jesus himself had attracted quite the personal following at this point and so we can't even begin to imagine how many people would have been on the road with him that day. You know, picture something like the main entrance to the Minnesota State Fair on on just a beautiful sunny end of summer weekend day when there's just tons of people coming in those gates and then there's a blind man who is begging by the side of the road and and he is used to crowds that's how he makes his living he counts on there being crowds passing by and especially at festival time this is his time to get a lot of money But there's something about this crowd that even as a blind person he realizes is different. And so he asks what's going on. And he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And so he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus hears him. He commands that he be brought to him. He asks him a question and then he heals him. And in this simple, straightforward encounter, Jesus teaches us three profound things three really profound things about listening and listening well and so the first is that even though jesus is surrounded by crowds he is attentive to the needs around himself his antenna are up so to speak and so even though he's surrounded by the crowds he's not lost in the crowd Listening means being aware of what's going on around you. It means not being so lost in the forest that you miss the trees. Listening means means being mentally available so that you notice what's happening around you. And this is a profound challenge as 21st century American Christians. Because it's so easy to not be attentive. Attentive. Our smartphones give us the ability to be distracted 100% of the time. Awkwardly standing in line next to other people is kind of a thing of the past, right? Because we can just stare at this object. And it it sends a message, like, don't bug me, all right? I'm doing something right now. And we can sit on the bus and we can have our headphones in. We can walk around the neighborhood and have our headphones in. We never have to have an interaction with someone that we don't want to again what a gift right but when it comes to listening it's actually a curse we can be totally and completely unavailable to everyone except on our own terms but jesus is attentive even in the midst of the crowds and so what if we you know took the proverbial earbuds out and looked up from the screen and looked up what's really going on you'd be surprised at what you'd hear and the things you would see. And so that's the first thing that Jesus teaches us about listening, is that it begins with being attentive to what is going on around you, being aware. And the second thing that Jesus teaches us about listening is that listening means that we are willing to turn aside from what we're already doing. When Jesus is going to Jericho, you know, he is on a mission he knows what he has to accomplish. When, he, when, he, when Jesus talks to his disciples about why he's going to Jerusalem, he says, I must go there. It's this verb of divine necessity. I must go to Jerusalem, and you know, I will be handed over to the, to the chief priests, and, and I will be beaten and humiliated, and I'll die. The third day I'll rise again. That's why he's going there. Jesus has a mission. He has a purpose. He can accomplish all of those things. Whether or not he heals this blind man or not. But listening like Jesus means that we aren't too busy or too distracted or too self-important to turn aside from what's already going on. Even and especially if it is something important. And we're all busy people, right? We've all got our own lives to live. We've, we've got our own to-do lists that we have to accomplish each and every day. And so when we live like that's all that matters, what's going on with us, we live with this kind of tunnel vision and kind of our fingers In our ears. So that's the second thing Jesus teaches us about listening. It means that you are available to be interrupted. So you're aware and you're available. And the times that we bless people and truly show Jesus are oftentimes the time we weren't planning on it or expecting it. When it wasn't easy or convenient, but we made ourselves available to God anyway. So we're attentive, we're interruptible. But the third and the most profound thing, this is really the central thing that Jesus teaches us about listening well. Is that it means that we ask questions with already assuming that we know the answer. And so Jesus hears the blind man calling for him and he commands that he be brought into his presence. And then Jesus does the most curious thing. Instead of just healing him, He asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? And we might hear this and think, well, uh, duh. He wants you to make him see again. But in asking the question, Jesus allows this blind beggar to speak for himself. He, He listens to him. And maybe this is the first time that someone has really listened to this man in many years. And so before even restoring his sight, Jesus restores this man's dignity. And so if you really want to be a good listener, start asking questions and assume that you don't already know the answer. And it's, you know, cliche, but it's true. Listening is, of course, so important. You know, we say that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. And all of us know we cherish the people in our lives who we know will just listen to us. And if you've ever known someone who can't listen, it's difficult. It might even be impossible to have a genuine relationship with that person. I know someone who has a family member who is loquacious it means they literally can't stop talking, they can't stop speaking. And so it's really hard. To have any kind of relationship with that person. And so there's a fun game you can play with people who are loquacious and who won't stop talking is just stand there and see how long they will keep speaking at you without letting you get a word in edgewise. How long can they carry on this monologue? And sadly, the duration for which some folks can speak without ever stopping is truly shocking and disturbing. <laughs> over an hour. People can go easily over an hour. At that point, you might think it's time to end the game. But to do mission like Jesus, we really need to listen. Because how can we know how to bless people unless we ask them and listen to them? There's this author and and church leader. I believe he's Australian. His name is Michael Frost. And Michael Frost has spent much of his life helping people discover their mission. And And he tells a story about this missionary group who went to India, to this remote village, uh, this rural village and, and, and this group of missionaries they show up, this team uh, from I think the states, and, and they have all sorts of supplies and programs and skilled workers and they're ready to transform this village f- to a place of health and vitality. And, and so they went to the people, the missionaries go to the people, they're living in slum-like conditions and they said, okay, what do you want us to do for you? We, we can build you a hospital, a medical clinic, we've, we've got the supplies for that. We could build you a school so that we can provide you with education so the next generation uh, can escape poverty. Or we can build you a church so that you can gather on weekends to worship and learn about God. So these are your three options. What do you want us to do for you? And so it, it on face, kind of sounds a lot like the question that Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? And so when they were presented with these three options, the people of the village said, We need A mailbox. And the missionary said. "Uh, A mailbox? We can give you a school. A clinic. a, A church. And all you want in your village. Is a mailbox. But what they didn't realize. Was that in India. If you live in a slum. You don't have a zip code. And if you don't have a zip code. It means that you don't exist on a map. Which means that even if you live in a community. Of tens of thousands of people, If you don't have a zip code, you're, you're not recognized as existing, and therefore you don't have access to the social services from the government. And so the way that they could get on the map and get a zip code was by having a mailbox in their village. The people didn't want a school or a medical clinic or a church first. They wanted to become a recognized part of their own country. And so the missionaries, they would not have known that unless... They had listened. And it was a Herculean task. If you know anything about India, you know that it, it's, there is a, a Byzantine bureaucracy in that country. And so it took the missionaries two years to work through this bureaucracy, all the red tape, to get the village registered to receive a mailbox. But once they did, the village began to be restored. And so that's just a, a magnificent illustration of this principle, listening with care that we need to listen to our community that we need to listen in our workplaces listen in our families listen in our schools listen to the hurts and the needs and the wounds of those that God has placed in your life and we must listen for what they really need not just what we assume we know they already need so there's three different kinds of listening that we need to do in order to be a blessing listen to people listen to places and listen to God And listening to people, it's truly one of the most powerful and simple and powerful things that we can do. You know, when someone faces, you know, a tragedy or a loss or a trauma and it's just unspeakable. And oftentimes we're so caught up on, what can I say to this person? What words could I say that would make them feel better? And the answer is, of course, there are no words that you can say. If someone loses a child, a spouse... There's nothing you can say that's going to take the pain away or make them feel better. But what you can do is listen. You can ask a question, genuinely ask a question, and just let them speak what's going on in their hearts. Because people will remember that you listened way more than they'll remember any words you say. And if they do remember what you said, it's probably because you said something hurtful or, you know, insensitive or stupid. So it's better listen and listening means that we're available and we're willing to go there with people that we have the courage to ask what's really going on in someone's life and then sit there and listen to the answer really listening it's it's something that i learned uh the summer I i was a chaplain intern at robert wood johnson university hospital in new brunswick new jersey and so part of that you're a chaplain intern so you get assigned a floor and you go into people's room and you say how are you doing today and they tell you what's going on. And then afterwards, you do this exercise called verbatims with your fellow chaplains. So you try to literally remember verbatim an entire conversation that you had with a patient. And you critique, brutally critique what you said to that person. And what the other, what the other person said too. And so at the beginning of the summer, uh, I just brought in a standard conversation. I wasn't really having great conversations with my patients. So I brought in the most blasé conversation that I had. I went into a patient's room. I said, how are you feeling today? He said, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm feeling better, actually. Um, you know, I, I, I hope my son, son can get up here to come and visit me. And my response in that encounter was, oh, I'm so glad you're feeling better. Uh, how about those Yankees? And just continued on with a couple minutes of small talk before I left the room. And when we went back and looked at it, my, my fellow chaplain said to me, you weren't listening. Because if you were, you wouldn't have just heard, oh, I'm feeling better now. You would have heard that part about his son. And you would have said, tell me. Tell me about your son. And so I was only hearing what I wanted to hear. I wasn't really listening. There's a story that's told from the very early days of Christianity about a monk who went out and lived alone in the desert. And it was there that he t- spent his time praying and meditating and studying the scriptures. And, and a couple times a year, he would, he would interrupt his life of solitude and prayer and study, and he would come into town for supplies. And when he would show up, you know, a holy man coming to town, the people of the town would line up by the hundreds outside of the hut where he was staying for a chance to speak with him. And one man was tremendously curious About what wisdom it was that the monk was dispensing to all of these people. That they would stand in line for hours on end to hear him. And so his curiosity led him to get in line too. And he waited for hours and hours for his turn to sit in front of this desert monk. And when it it was finally his turn, he sat down across from the holy man. Only to discover that he said nothing. The desert monk would just sit there and listen. For hours on end. People in our world desperately want to be heard. And so the question then is, are we listening? Are we listening to people? And so in order to be a blessing, we listen to people, but we also listen to places as well. If we want to be a church that blesses, then we've got to ask, what what are the needs of our community that God has called us to respond to? And when I think of this in principle, I think, okay... Ryan, Blue Cooler, kudos. You were listening to a need in the community. You shared that. People responded to it. Listening to the homeless on the streets of Minneapolis, that's hard to do. And it continues to be a hard thing to do, to not just show up to listen once, but to listen again and again and again. That's not easy. Or Katie Nordenson with the co-sponsoring the refugee family seeing what's going on in our country, and this world, saying, how can we be a place of welcome to these refugees? And this is hard, especially when people don't speak English and you're thrown into something you've never done before and you're counting on other people to come around you to do this. It is so hard to listen and continue to listen to where God is calling us to be faithful in the places where he's put us. But when we listen to places, we, we learn about who we are and who God wants us to be, that we can be a community of blessing. So we listen to people, we listen to places, but the last and most important thing that we do is listen to God. Our first passage this morning, it came from Deuteronomy. And it's this famous prayer, it's called the Shema. And it's the most important Jewish prayer and even confession of faith. You might say, for Jews, it's sort of like their apostles Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. It's a prayer that pious Jews say each and every day. And this first word gets translated as hear. But you could translate it as listen. Listen, Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Listen to God. And so one of the most central aspects of what it means to be a member of the people of God is to be a person who listens to God. And so God, if God blesses us in order for us to make us a blessing to others, we've got to listen to him, to see how he wants us to make that happen. And how do we listen to God every day? It's Not some fancy new formula that I'm going to present you with. Scripture and prayer. That's we listen to God. That's how he forms us into the kind of person who can do mission like Jesus. So he can bless us and speak blessing into our lives so that we can be a blessing to others. So in conclusion, to bless the world, we first get to the B, we begin with prayer. And next, the L, we listen to people and places and God where we live and where we work. And so we pray, Every day, God, how can I bless the world for you today? And help me to listen to what's going on around me. And when we get together in small groups or we get together as a church, let, let's, let's talk about what we're hearing as we're listening. What is God telling us? And it's not just about us listening so we can go and do some good deeds and some nice things for people and feel good about ourselves. It's about blessing the world in the name of Jesus. It's about Jesus and his mission to reach and restore lost people and communities, to have this mission reproduced in our lives and the lives of others. Jesus heard one man's voice in the midst of a crowd. And every day, each of us come into contact with people who nobody cares about and nobody listens to. And so may we truly be transformed into a people who have the heart of Jesus and to be people through whom God changes lives and changes the world. People who are always listening for the answer to Jesus' question. What do you want me to do for you? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray.